0: Thanks for tuning in to Freedom House Podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this church as we change our world one life at a time. We'd love to stay connected with you by following us on social media at Freedom House OC, as well as our YouTube channel. Let's listen in on today's message. My name is Pastor Brian, and once again, I am joined by my beautiful wife. Come on, why don't you say hello to everybody, honey? This is my wife, Alyssa, and uh, man, we have the honor and the privilege of uh, being able to go through and continue our Ephesians Bible study tonight. How many of you guys have been loving our Ephesians Bible study? Come on, just leave it there. In the, leave a comment there, a fire emoji, praise hands in the comments section there. Well, we're honored to be able to continue that with you tonight. And as always, we just want to give honor to our honors. We want to honor our lead pastors, Pastor Simon, Pastor Marie Silva, man. They just, they broke down the text so well last week, and uh, tonight we hope to be able to, to continue um, and continue to lead us through the book of Ephesians as uh, we break down the scriptures and we see what God is saying uh, to us, especially during this time. And this Friday is something special as well, in addition to our men's night, our men's night is this Friday at 7.30, in addition to our, friends, uh, to our men's night, this Friday is also something special for us as well.
1: and we just want to honor our boys that we, our boys and our daughters. We have to say
0: kids now because we have a girl. Kids
1: and um, we love you, we love, um, you know, thank you for our family who uh, all come alongside us and and release us to
0: do what God has called us to do. So happy early birthday, Uriah. I know you guys are tuned in right now. They love hearing their names on TV. So Uriah, Jedediah, Micah, and baby Hope. Love you guys. Hey, without further ado, we're gonna jump into our Bible study tonight, but we're gonna pray before we do. um, And then we'll take a seat. And You guys can take a seat if you happen to be standing or not um and we're gonna jump into the scriptures here tonight so heavenly father we thank you we thank you father for your spirit we thank you lord for your word we pray that tonight lord god your spirit would use us lord to to speak to to your people Lord, that you would instruct, that you would equip, that you would build up, Lord God, and that you would give us divine direction, give us divine peace, divine joy, Lord God, and divine comfort. In Jesus' mighty name, somebody say amen. Well, make sure to grab your Bibles. We're going to take a seat here. Grab your Bibles, and we're going to jump in to the text here tonight. Uh, We do have the screen up here to my right, your left, Um, so... Uh, leave some comments. We're gonna be seeing where everybody's checking in from. Tom asked for your favorite food, um, favorite dinners. But you know we we want to see uh, just how you guys are doing. Let us know if we're doing a good job or not, if not, then we'll just walk off stage um, and uh, we'll we'll let you guys take over. No, I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. but <laughs> we're here to have a good time. Uh, if you know us, uh, we, we like to have fun. We like to, uh, we could be jokesters from time to time and think that's why we get along so well because we know not to take one another too serious. Yeah. So we're going to jump in. Book of Ephesians, we're picking it up in chapter four. Picking it up in chapter four, uh, verse 17, verse 17. Um, and it's interesting because this week we get to continue this this book and continue in this chapter. And the last time that we had the privilege of being able to do this, we were talking about uh, minding your, or making sure that, that you use your manners, making sure that you use your manners and walk in the calling that God has for you. And so tonight we're gonna be talking about something a little bit similar. And it's kind of like one of those things as, as parents, all the parents out there, but for us as parents, Like, if we have to say something twice, we mean it. Like, if I have to tell my kids twice to clean up the room, um, it's not going to be as nice the second time as it is the first time. And so now Paul is mentioning for a second time in the same thought. Because again, we have to remember is that these, these books were not written with chapters, okay? The chapters and the verses were, were put in there after to help break it down as an index for those who come and read it. But when, it was in, when this letter was initially written by Paul, it wasn't written um, in, in the chapters and in the verses. It was just all one thought. So now he's in one thought. So he's referencing again, as I just told you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling that God has for you, And then we pick it up here in verse 17. It says, now, this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk uh, to get into and a lot to break down and a lot to talk about tonight. But as I, as I said, is it's following the, the, the same theme. And if we think about the past few weeks here is we went from walking in a manner worthy of the call of God on your life. Then we talked about how those gifts play out for the equipping of the church, how they play out so that you can walk in that manner and how you can use the gifts and use the tools that God has given you to build up others. And now he repeats himself again. He says, now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. So again, he's talking about watching the manner with which you hold yourself, walking, watch the manner with, with which you walk out your Christianity. And when I say Christianity, I don't mean um, your, your which church you go to, okay? I don't, I don't mean which denomination you associate yourself with. When I say to watch your Christianity, what I mean is that as you follow Christ, Okay, because I was having a conversation with one of our cousins the other day, and yeah. he was asking me questions about the Bible. Well, what can we do and what can't we do? And a lot of times it seems like those are the types of conversations we have when it comes to Jesus and it comes to the Bible.
1: Like it's a rule
0: book. But, yeah, definitely- and, but the truth is, is true Christianity, true Christianity is not what can I do and what can't I do. It's, hey, the goal of this life is to follow Jesus. So if you follow Jesus, then you don't got to worry about what you can't do as long as you know that you are following Jesus and you are shaping and molding your life to follow in his example. Because the truth is, is if you're following the example of Jesus, then there's going to be some things that you don't need to ask anybody if you should do that or not. Because you're like, well, Jesus definitely didn't do this. So therefore, I'm not going to do this either. Uh, And so verse 17, it says, Now this I say and testify in the Lord. Um, And I'll pause right there. Back when we used to oversee our our youth, our students and young adults, the Alive Ministry, I preached a message that was entitled Walk It Like I Talk It. (laughs) And if I had a title for tonight's Bible study, it would probably be the same thing as Walk It Like I Talk It. And that's what I love about Paul is Paul is very blunt. Like Paul, Paul's like, look, I'm going to tell you how it is, because if I tell you how it is, then that's going to help you grow. If I try to sugarcoat it for you, well, then it's not going to bring much fruit from your life. But my goal as 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 your pastor, as Paul would say, my, my goal is to help you grow. And so he says this, I say and testify. So he said, I'm not telling you to do something that I haven't done myself. I'm not telling you to do something that I'm not willing to do myself. He says this, I say And testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. So, first off, what is a Gentile? Okay, so a Gentile, so you know, a Gentile is somebody who does not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. They are not trying to live their way in the example of Jesus Christ. Um, The Jesus is not a, a a determination in the morality or in their hobbies, or in what they do on a regular basis. So for those of you that say, no, I, I choose to follow Jesus, I love him, I need him in my life, then this is for you. It says, do not, no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. And as we were studying for this, we looked up that word futility because we wanted to make sure that, that we get down to the true uh, definition of that word and the essence of what Paul is trying to say. And what, what was that word futility that when we looked that up?
1: When we, in the Greek, it meant um, perversion, vanity, and basically just giving uh, into your flesh. Yeah.
0: Giving into, to pleasing to pleasing your flesh. your flesh. And that's what, you know, Paul refers to it again down in verse 19. It says they've given themselves up to sensuality. So in essence is they have given and they've devoted themselves to their senses, what they see. What they what they what they feel that their, their emotions, and so what they 've done is rather than than making sure that it's in alignment with Jesus Christ, they said, well we're just going to do whatever feels good, whatever looks good whatever whatever whatever's going to to pacify some of the hurt that i'm feeling and and we'll get into that in a little <laughs> bit, but um, essentially that futility um, means is we're, we're just we're, we don't care if it's In obedience with Jesus, we don't care if it's morally sound. We don't care if it it sounds right or not. We're just gonna go for it, um, in other words. Now, in verse 18, verse 18, it says, they are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. So they're alienated due to their ignorance due to to their hardness of heart. So there's three layers here. There's three layers, and Paul gives them to us with alienation, ignorance, and hardness of heart, but really the progression of that starts at the end. So it starts with the hardness Hard. of heart. Um, then it goes from the hardness of heart, it goes into the ignorance, and then it goes into the alienation. And so as we as we were talking and we were discussing and we were we were you know researching and and, and brainstorming for tonight um, we began talking about what it means to have a hard heart, because I think in a lot of senses it could, it could mean a lot of different things, but Alyssa, I know you went through a, a time in your life, particularly in college where you, you know, as you'll share with us right now, where you just, you just had a hard heart. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Well, for me, like he said, like in college, um, I had a relationship that, um, you know, he's aware of. And the breakup wasn't the um, best for me. To be honest with you, that breakup was probably the turning point in my life where God really had to get a hold of me. And that's who I found out who God was. And in that season, you know, it wasn't the breakup that caused my heart to be hurt, but what it did, it exposed the lack of self-value that I had and self-worth. And, you know, during that season, I found anything I could find that could make me numb, which led from being very promiscuous to drugs, to, um, self-harm to, to suicidal, uh, attempts. I mean, you name it, I found anything I possibly could have done, um, to numb the heart, you know, my heart and my hurt. And, um, it, it led me to a, a place where I know, you know, God allowed me to go there, but he had a plan.
0: Yeah. And, and that hard heart, as she mentioned is, as Alyssa mentioned is again, is for her, it, it, what, what, the word I'm looking for is it manifested, it manifested in, in the promiscuity. It manifested, um, in, in, in the drugs, it manifested in the self-harm, um, but for others, is it manifests in different ways. It, it manifests um, as Paul goes into it manifests in, in alienation. It manifests in in isolating yourself and removing yourself from certain spheres. Some of you guys have removed yourself from church because of a hard heart. Mm-hmm. And again, is is for Alyssa that hard heart came through the way of a breakup. But in reality, is breakups aren't the only way that that hard, hearts are hardened. Hearts are hardened because of bitterness. Hearts are hardened because of of, um, of feeling disappointed, of feeling let down, down. uh, feeling let down with God, feeling let down with people, feeling like people have failed you, feeling that God has failed you, like, God, why would you allow me? to encounter this circumstance? Why would you allow me to be in this situation? God, would you, why would you allow this, this COVID-19 pandemic to happen? Um, you know, when, when my child is, is supposed to be in sports or you know, my, my son or my daughter, where they were senior in high school this year, or for those of you that were seniors, like, God, why would you allow this to happen to me when I'm in high school? I'm never gonna get these years back. Now I'm gonna have to work for the rest of my life and not enjoy my summers, that's not true. I mean, you're going to be able to enjoy them. You will have to work, but you will be able to enjoy them as well. But it's all of these different types of situations that the enemy will use to harden our heart, that the enemy will use to, to poison us so that we then go from the hard heart to the ignorance. Okay? Mm-hmm. And ignorance in its essence is not it's not not knowing, but it's choosing He's not to, to know. Yeah, it's choosing to ignore the root word of ignorant is ignore. Mm-hmm choosing to ignore uh, sound doctrine, choosing to ignore uh, a sound living, choosing to ignore your morality um, and just saying, you know what, I'm going to do whatever feels right. And that's what's happening here with the Ephesians. Why Paul says no longer live as the Gentiles do. Don't give into your sensuality. Don't do what just feels right because what feels right is not always the right Decision, right. um, And so we have to make sure that we, we protect our heart. That's why the Bible tells us in Proverbs that out of, out of, uh, out of the wellspring of our heart flows life. And so we have to make sure that we are protecting our heart and not protecting it through, through disengaging and, and not protecting it through just withdrawing and allowing it to become callous. That's not protection. That's a aid. Mm. that, that, that is, is just trying to, to cover up um, rather than continuing to work through. Because a lot of the times God brings you through certain circumstances because God wants to use you through it. And w- we'll get there. Um, but but that hardness of heart, the feeling let down by people, by friends, by family, by circumstances, all of these things play into having that hard heart, which then lead into the ignorance, which then lead us to alienation. Um, and why don't... It's not an alien nation, it's alienation. So I just wanted to make sure you clear that because in my head it kind of sounded a little funny. There is not an alien nation, but alienation, alienation is what?
1: It's isolation. It's isolation. At isolation. the end of the day,
0: it's withdrawing yourself. Right. And talk about what are some of the dangers of, of alienating yourself or, or isolating yourself?
1: Well, isolation, you know, that is where when you allow yourself to go into isolation or alienation, now it sounds like I'm saying alienation. No, right. know something okay. happened to me. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it allows a foothold for the enemy just to run rampant. The minute you start withdrawing from those you know for those that are believers, the minute you start withdrawing yourself from the house of the Lord, from uh, the house of the Lord, withdrawing yourself from uh your the, your leaders or those that are, le- or that are discipling you, you're allowing the enemy now to come in and cause chaos. You're allowing the enemy to come in and cause just destruction in your mind. Yep. And, it, and he messes with you mentally yep. when, when you allow yourself to go to isolation.
0: Yeah, isolation is also to refuse accountability. And I think it's something that we just need to talk about right now because accountability right now is something that, Everybody wants an opinion, but nobody wants to be accountable. And the truth is, is you can't have an opinion and not be held accountable to that opinion. We just want to voice our opinion and pretend like, oh, well, nobody could say anything to me. Especially now with this whole, you know, physical distancing and all this. Everybody's at home and, and like Pastor was talking about last night. Like we get very opinionated when we're behind a computer screen or when, when we don't, you know, take control of our thumbs. And so everybody's got an opinion, but then nobody wants to be held accountable. And you can't have an opinion and then not be held accountable because you'll never grow. You'll always have an opinion that, that, that will end up, um, you'll, you'll end up becoming hypocritical in that sense because your opinion will turn into opinion that goes against your original opinion. It gets confusing. You see how, how it, it works out there? And so we have to, as believers, especially as believers, especially as those that are willing to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, we have to accept accountability we have to be willing to have people in our lives that say, hey, young man, hey, young woman, hey, seasoned man, hey, seasoned woman. <laughs> um, you probably shouldn't say those things. Hey, that's not a good look for you when, when you use that kind of language. That's not a good look for you when you act in that manner. You know, you're a lot prettier when you don't get angry. I'm just going to throw it out there. You know what I mean? Um, and not you, honey. You never. <laughs> wow. Ever. Wow. But. When, when we have those people that can hold us accountable, then guess what? We get better. And our goal in life should be to get better. I don't think there's anybody out there that if you ask them, do you want to stay the exact same way you are tonight and never get better, that they would say yes. I think everybody wants to get better, even those that have been successful. You still want to get better. You don't want to stay the same way. And the only way for us to get better is to be held accountable. Now, a, a distinction that I do want to make is... Is with support. I don't feel like I'm I'm supported. Support is not agreeing with foolishness. Okay. Mm. Support is not agreeing with foolishness. Support is having the right people that will say, "Hey, I want to support you, but I'm not going to support you being foolish. I'm going to support you in a way that is going to help you grow. I'm going to help you. I'm going to support you in a way that is going to better your future, not just pacify your present." You know what I mean? We want to make people's futures better, not just tell them that everything's gonna be okay, mijo. It's all gonna just get better. And it doesn't magically get better unless there's something that changes within us, right? Right. right. I'm tracking along. We're I'm, good? I'm, I'm, are we good. Are we good? Yeah. Are and
1: well, I want to talk about just about accountability, though, too. Like we have to humble ourselves, like we talked about yeah. in the uh, in Ephesians one uh, four yeah. verses you know, one through seven. Uh And, um, you know, we have to humble ourselves and allow people in. And it's not because they're coming from ill feelings or they don't want to see you succeed in life. And I'm so thankful that I've allowed um, certain people into my life, like our pastors, to speak to those areas where maybe I needed to be corrected. And it's not corrected in a bad way like you would you would think it's more of like here let me guide you over here over here this is let me show you how to do it and it it definitely changes um, you know my heart when I allow people to hold me accountable and not see it in an offensive way
0: yeah no definitely and I think that that word correction has a negative connotation to it but in reality correction is always to make you better it's not to reprimand you even if you think about our, our education system. And when, it, when a teacher corrects an assignment or corrects a test and says, hey, you missed these answers or hey, you could have written this better. It's not, a, it's not a reprimand on you. It's a correction so that the next time you write an essay or the next time you take a test or the next time you have to do a problem that is similar to that math problem you got wrong, we're correcting it so that you can get better the next time around. But so often we think of, of correction or we think of something that's like, oh, well, well they didn't give me an A. Well, because there is more potential inside of you, but the only way for you to see that potential is if you're willing to be corrected. Yeah. If you're not willing to be corrected, then you're going to live a C life and think it's an A. And that's not true. It's just, that's not the way that, that, that the, the world works. That's not the way that life works is we have to be able to receive the correction so that we can continue to grow. If you want the biblical principle behind biblical principle behind it. It is the pruning. You have to be able to prune in order for you to be able to grow more. Um, And Jesus himself said, you know, there's going to be pruning in order for you to continue to grow. And so for us, we have to know, okay, there's going to be some areas in our life that have to be pruned, some areas in our life that we have to cut off in order for us to continue to grow and be who Jesus has called us to be. Um, Verse 19 Anything else on verse 18? No, that was great. I think we hit it. Yeah. Verse 19, it says, they have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. And I want to touch on that word callous real quick because we talked about it and you talked about how that callousness is is more more so like like a Um, Band-Aid. And I agreed with you because callousness, if you think about uh, when your hands get callous, I, I was going to the gym when they had reopened for a hot minute, um, and I began to get calluses on my hand. And a callus, in, in essence, is a defense mechanism. Right. You get calluses on your hand to protect the skin that is behind the callus. And so what happens is your skin is like, hey, we've been taking a beating here. We we've been living in some pain. We're gonna form this callus to protect the skin that is now behind that callus. And I think it's like you said is is, is you withdraw or you grow numb. And so a callous is essentially growing numb to where, Hey, we're just going, we've, we've been dealing with so much pain. We're just going to create this deflection so that the skin that's behind it or the heart that is behind it can no longer be hurt. But the truth is, is, is a callousness. It doesn't, it doesn't defend you. It hardens you even more. My hand is, is harder then it was before I started going back to the gym. And the same is true for your heart is it's just going to grow hard and you think that you're defending it, but really what you're doing is you're suffocating it right. to a certain extent. And so we have to make sure again, coming back to that heart, that we protect our heart and not allow it to become so hard or so callous.
1: And with the callous, what ha- how it softens up again, yeah. it takes time to heal. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. That's what we have to do with our hearts is allow that time so that hard heart starts to get soft again.
0: Just like how you had to, with your breakup, it wasn't something that overnight you just automatically were healed from. It was something that took time. It was something that, and, and you know, we'll, we'll just give a word right now for all the singles. For those of you that are coming out of a relationship, don't be quick to jump into another relationship. Okay? Yeah. This ain't a singles message, but don't be quick to just jump into another relationship. Because the truth is, is especially if it was a bad breakup, there's probably some callousness. There's some, there's some hardness on that heart that you need some time for that to heal and for the, the blood to start pumping a little bit better before you jump right back in to another relationships. That's just a relationship tip there uh, again, we used to oversee our students and young adults so I wish I
1: had that too:
0: We've got a uh, yeah <laughs> hey, and tell it like it is you're hearing it straight straight from her it's, we're, we're not making it up it's stuff that, that we have lived through Verse 20. now I want to spend some time on here. We talked about all of the you know the hardness of heart and the ignorance and the isolation and, and what it is to, to live for your senses but now we want to talk about well what did it, what is it that? Christ calls us to. And so verse 20 says, but that is not, that is not the way you learned Christ. And so I know you shared with us about, um, you you shared the story about your your breakup and how that created a hard heart and and led you to some of those things. But what were some of the things that when you began to learn Christ that helped you heal your heart, that helped you move forward and, and helped you have an understanding? Okay, well, well, who, who am I? Like you said, you were looking for, for you, you lacked that self-worth. What was it about finding Jesus that helped you find that self-worth?
1: Well, for me, definitely, it's just the fact that I chose to, to take that step to follow Christ. I chose to, to find who and how God sees me and values and, and you know, why he created me. And in that, in that time and in that season, the biggest thing was finding my purpose that I am loved, that I am worthy, that I am valued, that it doesn't matter if a man makes me feel inadequate. I am more than enough for Christ. And at that moment, that's what I needed. I needed that reassurement and that affirmation from my heavenly father more than anything. And from there, it just was like a domino effect of God just really, truly revealing um, why my life is here, that suicide didn't go that way because God had a purpose for me personally and um, you know I'm thankful for that and again I've I've allowed God again I've allowed God into my heart and I I surrendered it to him and say I don't want to live a bitterness life anymore I don't want to hold a grudge I don't want to live unhappy and in all that I've learned that the greatest tool that I that got me through that was forgiveness and And, you know, not only forgiving that individual, but forgiving myself for viewing myself that way, feeling my, you know, viewing myself of unworthy and inadequate and, you know, unlovable. I am lovable.
0: Right. That's right. right. You are lovable. I love you. And, And that's that's what it comes down to is. We have to know who we are in Christ says, but that is not the way you learned Christ. Well, what is the way that we learned Christ? Well, Paul referenced that at the beginning of chapter four when he says, walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with humility, with gentleness, with patience, with uh, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity and the spirit of the bond of peace. And those are just some of the ways that, that God has called us. But when we understand that Jesus Christ came and walked this earth. Okay, he died a death that he didn't deserve on a cross. And then 3 days after they buried him, he rose he rose again in in the observance of 500 people. So it wasn't like he rose again and nobody saw it. It was 500 people as is attested to in the scriptures, 500 people saw him in the flesh. So it wasn't like one or two people saw him and then it became this myth or this tradition that was passed on from one person to the next. No. 500 people accounted that they saw him living in the flesh. And so therefore, because he rose from the grave after being crucified on a cross, we now have this forgiveness. We're able to forgive others and forgive ourselves because Jesus first forgives us. And when we look at ourselves through that lens, as you mentioned, we look at, look at ourselves through that lens, we realize that we matter, that we mattered enough for Jesus Christ to sacrifice himself on our behalf that we matter even if other people make us feel like we don't matter that we matter even if your spouse makes you feel like you don't matter that we matter even if your children make you feel like you don't matter that we matter even if your coworkers make you feel like you don't matter if social media makes you feel like you don't matter you matter you matter to Jesus he's the one that gave that 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 breathed you into onto this earth and gave life into your body. And he is the same Jesus that, that gives us forgiveness. He's the same Jesus that gives us salvation. It's the same Jesus that we will all be, um, again, should you say that salvation prayer and accept Jesus in your heart, that we'll all be in heaven with one day. Okay? And when we see ourselves through that lens and we understand that we matter, we mattered enough for Jesus to say, you know what, it's comfortable up here in heaven, but I'm gonna go down there to show them how much I love them okay that you matter even if the circumstances don't appear that you matter okay even if the circumstances feel like well god why is all this going on in our world right now why is this pandemic going on why is the racial injustice going on why is this this socioeconomic injustice why are all of these children being trafficked and taken what is going on god says you matter god says you matter don't lose track and don't become so distracted by everything else that's going on around you that you lose sight that you have a purpose, that you have a destiny, that your life matters. And as long as you have uh, oxygen in your lungs today, that means that God is not done with your purpose. God is not done with your destiny. I know some of you have had to endure some tough seasons. Okay, maybe recently, maybe in the past, but God is not done with you. There's still so much more that he wants to do with you. And that's why he gave you life here today.
1: Can I add something? Yeah. And that's why it's important to be connected into a connect group by, you know, allowing those people to speak into your life, um, you know, via connect group, Zoom, whatever it may be now. And, um, you know, that's really truly what's gotten us through a lot of different uh, situations that and seasons that we've had personally is those that are going to be there to remind us that we do matter, that, you know, we matter to God and um, be there to encourage us.
0: Yeah. And, and, and because as we went back to the accountability is when you isolate yourself and you remove yourself from that accountability is then we're all human. Okay. So none of us are perfect. And so our minds are, are there are going to be days when we're just like, man, I suck today. Okay. If we're just honest, I've had days where I'm just like, man, I suck this, this, I don't even know what I'm doing. I don't even know what's, what's happening, but you have to have the right people that say, no, 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 no. Listen up, man of God. Listen up, woman of God. You have a purpose. You were made for this. You were destined for this. There is a, there, the God is not done with you yet. You got to get back on track, but that's where the accountability comes. But if we're just looking for people to be like, oh, poor busito, it's okay, cry my shoulder, then you're never going to get realigned. You're never going to get refocused that, hey, God's not done with you yet. We need the people that say, hey, man of God, hey, woman of God, snap back into it, okay? Stop feeling sorry for yourself, okay? Don't lose sight of it. God is with you. His spirit is with you. It's the same Jesus as yesterday, same Jesus today. He'd be the same Jesus tomorrow. So let's remember that. Let's get back in the game. Let's continue to go forward and let's see God continue to do something special with our lives. Yes. And as, as you mentioned also with, with those connect groups and the accountability and with the accountability, also accountability also comes uh, confession and just not necessarily confessing your sins, I mean, that is, that is also good. James says to confess your sins to one another, you shall be forgiven. But just being able to have those people you go to and just, like I said earlier, just be like, man, I just feel like, like, I don't know what I'm doing. I feel like, or, or to go to somebody and be like, Hey, I went through this, this pain. I went through this, this hard season and, and I'm not sure how to break out of it. I'm not sure where to go from here, how do I, how do I do that? And, but being able to, to confess those things and to be able to get those things off of your chest and to be able to, to bring people in to the, the valley that that you may feel that you're in so that they could pick you up as the Bible tells us to to bear one another's burdens and help one another go forward. But you can't, you will never be able to confess those, that vulnerable place in your heart to people that you don't, allow in your inner circle.
1: And if I could be honest, you know, with all this uh, COVID pandemic and everything that's going on in this world, we had our daughter in March. And then that Friday, we had her on a Sunday, that Friday is when everything shut down. So, you know, after having a baby, your hormones are just crazy. Yep. And I would be lying to if I sat here and said like, yeah, you know, like it was so easy to, to get through that. But to be honest with you, like I was, I allowed fear to really get the best of in me, sometime in some, time, in some uh, s- during that season or during this season, I've allowed uh, you know just a lot of doubt, a lot of mom shaming, and I had to find myself to uh, come to a place where I you know I did reach out to Pastor Marie, and I was like, Pastor Marie, I'm what is going on? I I need help. I don't know what's going on. And um, again, it's that level of confession, and and I know. For me personally, she's gonna guide me, and she's gonna speak to those areas where I don't I don't see at that moment yeah. that I've allowed these blinders yeah. to come and blind me and, and distract me from what God has called us to be. And it's okay to to feel different emotions, but it, you also have to know who you can go to and who you can if you can turn to that yeah. it's gonna whip you back into shape.
0: Yeah, that's right. Verse twenty one. It says, "Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him, as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, to put off your old self." Now I want to hit on that real quick because I don't want you, I don't want you to receive this tonight. And maybe you're you're new to the faith, and maybe you know you you're, you just recently received Jesus, um, and and you just kind of started. You're like, man, I feel like. Like I haven't been doing any of these things is, is again, if you're new to the faith, there, there's a grace for that, okay? and and it's, and there's a grace for all of us because we all fall short. Um, and, and, and you're in a stage where you're, 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 you're learning all of this. And that's where Paul says, like, look, I'm assuming that you have received Jesus. If you haven't received Jesus, then receive this a little softer. Okay, this isn't so much a correction for you as much as it's an education for you. Like, learn this. See, you know how the, they always say it's better to learn from other people's <laughs> mistakes. And so Paul's like, look, hear this correction that I'm giving to the people that have been walking with Jesus for a while. And those of you that are new to the faith This is essentially what you want to aspire to is you want to aspire to grow. You want to aspire to put away that old self, that old self, so that you can walk in a manner, um, walk in a manner that is pleasing unto God. And so jumping to verse 23, it says, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. We would attain a nothing today if we skipped over this verse tonight. But verse 23, it says to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. The truth is, is you can't achieve this growth by willpower. Okay, this, this, is not, this is not a willpower type of message. It's not a self-help type of, of, of study tonight. You cannot just wake up one day and be like, today, by myself, in my own strength, I'm going to put aside my old self. The Bible tells us in Romans 12, too, it says to be to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. To be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The renewing of your mind comes from God's word. This is not a willpower thing. This is a Holy Spirit power thing that when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and that Holy Spirit begins to work inside of you is now the Holy Spirit gives you the ability to overcome those addictions, to overcome those shortcomings, to overcome the bitterness, to overcome the anger, to overcome the heartache. But it's not something that you can just be like, well, I'm just going to do this on my own strength. Like, no, you will break down. Okay. You will break down. I promise you this, this life is not meant to be, to be lived on your own strength. Okay. This, this life is meant to be lived according to the strength that comes from Jesus. The Bible says that after, after he rose from the dead, then he ascended to heaven and, and, and 10 days after he ascended, then the Holy Spirit came down, okay? The Holy Spirit is what gives us the strength to live this life. We're not perfect in our own humanity, okay? We're not. But through Christ, we can live a life that is willing to be perfected. Um, I wrote it here. It says, you can't overcome the flesh with willpower only through the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 24 It says to put on the new self created after the likeness of God, which goes back to what we were talking about is that heart and 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 that worth. Because you had mentioned how you were looking for, you know, how you allowed somebody's disapproval you know, in a relationship to to make you feel like you were unworthy. Mm -hmm. Um, But the truth is, is the only person that can give us the affirmation that our spirit desires and our spirit longs for is God. Because it's his likeness that was put inside of you when you were birthed into this world. It was his likeness. It's his likeness that that, that we live with that from the inside. And so nobody exteriorly, no man can exterior, exteriorly validate you. Only God can validate you. And so you don't need a relationship to validate you. You don't need the approval of your coworkers to validate you. You don't need uh, your your bank account right. to validate you. You don't need toys to, to validate you. You don't need a lot of friends or a lot of people or a platform or a microphone or any of those things to validate you, okay? The image of God that is inside of you is what validates you, is that you were put here with a purpose. And as long as you have oxygen in your lungs, I know you've heard me say that a few times tonight, then you're still validated, okay? Yes. You, you haven't expired yet, okay? The expiration is, is you're still on point, You just can't look to other things or the people to validate what God has meant for his validation. Like if you were to go to a mall or to one of these outdoor places and you have to get a validation for your car, your parking ticket, you can't go to another shopping center and get it validated there. It could only be validated at that shopping center that your car is parked at. And it's similar in that the same way that God has put life in us, well, we can't go to something else and ask for validation when only the person who gave us that life can validate it. So only Jesus can validate your life. Nobody else can validate it. So don't look to other people. Don't look to other things. Don't look to a relationship. Don't look to money. Don't look to a career for your validation. Only Jesus can validate your life and the purpose that he has and the plans that he has for you. He um, says, in the likeness of God, in true Righteousness. Now, I want to hit on this real quick. We're going to come to an end here. But righteousness. Okay, For those of you that are like, well, well, I, I kind of know what righteousness is. I know what self-righteousness is. Um, no, no, no. I want to talk to you about biblical righteousness. Biblical righteousness is to be in right standing with God. Okay, Biblical righteousness is to be in right standing with God. And the only way that we have that right standing with God is because Jesus came and paid the price of our bail, so to say, yeah, it's, we had a debt that we could not pay for ourselves. And so Jesus said, you know what, let me come and I will give of myself, even though I don't deserve it. Even though there's no reason for me to be chastised, even though there's no reason for me to be punished, there's no reason for me to be crucified. I will take the punishment that you deserve and I'll bear it on my back so that you can have right standing with God. And that only comes by faith. Your righteousness is by faith. You don't need to do a certain amount of volunteer hours. You don't need to do a certain amount, a certain amount of, of service hours. You don't need to be a pastor. You don't. Your righteousness comes by saying, Jesus, you are my Lord and Savior. By simply saying that, you are now brought into right standing with God. And it's important because we've been talking about a lot of things and talking about not living as the Gentiles do. And, and, and again, you can do all of the right things, but not have your faith in Jesus and your righteousness is not there. Righteousness is by faith. As Paul tells us in Romans chapter three, that it's your faith that justifies you. It's your faith that puts you back into right standing with God. Jesus gives us a parable about this in Matthew chapter 18. It says that a king was going to settle his debts and he came to one of his debtors and that debtor owed him, that debtor owed him 1,000 talents, okay? Owed him 1,000 talents. And I know you're like, well, what the heck does that mean? Okay, well, one talent equaled 600 denarii, okay? One denarii was a day's worth of work, was a day's wage of work. So if you worked one day, you got one denarii, okay? This guy, so 600 of those, 6,000 of those denarii make up one talent. 6,000 denarii, so 6,000 days make up one talent. This dude owed the king 1,000 talents. Do the math. That's six million days of work. Okay. That's how many days he would have to work off to repay this king. And that's what he owed him. But he begged and he said, please let me go. Wipe away my debt. And the king said, okay, I'll wipe away your debt. That's what righteousness is. That's what righteousness through faith is. It's not that you paid back what you, what you deserved. It's not because you paid your own bail. It's not because you did enough community service. It's not because other people have said, oh yeah, we forgive you. Now you can be in right standing with God. No, your right standing with God comes solely because you said, King Jesus, would you forgive me? Would you wipe it all away? Jesus says yes. I know I had to have that for my life is that I had to say, Jesus, just, man, I made a lot of mistakes in my life. Would you wipe it away? I know you had to say that, that same prayer. Right. You know, you, you, you talk about your, your moment where, where you came to Jesus and Jesus said, okay, remove it all. You cannot live the life that Jesus has called you to live and have this cloud of guilt hovering above you for the rest of your life. You'll never be able to achieve what God has called you to be. And he knew that. And that's why he sent Jesus down for us. It says, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. And we could talk about holiness all night. But at the end of the day, Jesus, God tells his people and Peter Restates it in 1 Peter chapter 1. He says, For it is written that God said to be holy, for I am holy. Be holy, for I am holy. Now, will we ever be perfectly holy? No. Okay, we will not be perfect. This flesh, it is sinful. Okay, this flesh will fail us, we'll fail one another. But through Jesus, okay, but through Jesus, we could attain holiness, we could grow. In our holiness, that is the grace that is given to us. It's not a grace that says, well, I'll never be holy, so I'll just continue to live crazy. I'll continue to live promiscuous. I'll continue to live with this depression. I'll continue to live with this lack of self-worth. No, God says, no, 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 that's not the grace that I give. The grace that I give you is to forgive so you can put off that former self and you can now step into You can now step into who I have called you to be and you can continue to grow in that holiness. Alyssa, what would you say is when you received that grace and you received that forgiveness, what was that feeling? That sigh of relief that, okay, God, yeah, this is what, you forgive me.
1: There's, it's freedom freedom of the the mental battle that i was going through it was freedom from the the shame the the freedom from just not feeling good enough i found peace and i found joy again because that living in depression and living and accepting like that's there's just this heavy cloud that just that's so dark that for me personally, it was like hard to even see the light. And when God came in and and wrecked me, I saw the light. And through that, there was just this overwhelming um, freedom that I felt. And it was liberating and it, it changed my life forever. And I'm so thankful, thankful, so thankful for him and his grace that he has shown me.
0: Come on, that's powerful. Well, let's pray. Come on, let's stand. I wanna pray for you. I think that's a good Spot to end. Okay, right there. Righteousness, grace, salvation. Jesus did it for you. If he did it for us, okay, we just spent the last 40 minutes telling you how imperfect we were and how God undeservingly came down and gave us a fresh start, gave us forgiveness, gave us love, gave us peace. That's the way that we have learned Christ. That is what Jesus wants our focus to be. And so right now I know we are in some troubling, we're in a troubling time, okay? And I know that it's everybody else's fault, okay? I know it's it's the government's fault, I know it's this person's fault and that person's fault and this county's fault and that county's fault and this city's fault and, and I know it's everybody's fault, okay? Being sarcastic, by the way. But right now, rather than focusing on who's to blame, let's focus on who came to save. Let's focus on who came to forgive. Let's focus on the one who whose mercy is renewed each and every day. Who gives us a fresh hope each and every day? Who says, Son and daughter, I know that you have faced some troubling times. And I know that this season hasn't been easy. And I know that you've been out of work. And I know this isn't the way that you thought the year was going to go. But that doesn't mean that the rest of your future and the rest of your destiny is wiped away. And is no longer has purpose. And is no longer validated. No, you are still validated. Because the one who gave you life. The one who put his likeness inside of you is still living. He's still breathing. He's still on his throne. He's still in control. And our job is to not get distracted by everything that's happening around us, but to stay focused on him. So I want to pray for some people tonight. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. I thank you for those marriages that are facing hardship right now. I thank you, Lord God, for those families right now that are feeling the strain. Of, of, of not having a job, feeling the strain of, of a lack of income, they're feeling the strain of, of having that, that cabin fever and feeling like they're cooped up and that are feeling the strain of, 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 of FOMO and fear of, they feel like they're missing out, Lord. We pray right now, God, that your peace would come. We pray right now that you would validate, that you would validate each and every person right now, Lord God, each and every person right now, they would feel your validation. Yeah. They would feel your love. They would feel your forgiveness, your peace. That they would lay aside every guilt. That they would lay aside all the bitterness, Lord. That they would open up their heart again to you. That you would soften their heart. That you would pump fresh blood through that heart of theirs, Lord God. They would begin to feel again. No longer will they be numb. No longer will they be absent. No longer will they continue to walk in ignorance, but tonight, Lord God, you're opening up the spiritual eyes of your sons and your daughters tonight, Lord God. Would you remind them, remind them of who they are, validate them, appreciate them, Lord God. May they know, may they know that even though it may not look as how they would have drawn it out or written it, that you're still in control, that you're still moving, that you're still with them, and a fresh breath, And a fresh wind is coming to them right now in this very moment. Come on, in Jesus' name, somebody say amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by this message. Show us your support by sharing your favorite podcast on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Freedom House OC today. See you next week.